0: are listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many Brave Yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you without apology. I'm your host, Sean Fink, a life and leadership coach for women who are ready to get to work on their next Brave Yes journey. And just a little reminder that this show is brought to you by the Rise Stronger 7-Day Challenge, a free resilience and well-being challenge to help you get ready for your next brave yes. Head over to seanfink.com and sign up. In the world of brave yeses, there's one thing that is very true. One brave yes leads to another and another and another such is absolutely the case for today's guest, we become more brave and more ourselves one tiny and sometimes huge step at a time. My guest today is Suzette Mullen, and her journey to wholeness and courage began with one little brave yes to start a career in writing. And that brave yes led her to something much, much bigger in how she shows up in this world. You'll have to stick around and listen to her story to find out. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Today, my guest is Suzette Mullen. Suzette Mullen is a book coach who helps women peel back the layers so they can find the deeper story they were meant to write and share with the world. Her book coaching practice focuses on getting to clarity first so her clients can write forward and get memoirs and other nonfiction books into the hands of the readers who need them. Welcome Suzette. Hi,
1: thank you, I'm happy
0: to be here. I'm so happy to be here with you. Um, I love talking about writing and books and uh, Brave Yes stories, so I'm excited to get started. One of the ways I love to start this show, if you haven't um, listened to any of the episodes yet, is I love to channel the great mystic Howard Thurman and ask you a very real question given the state of the world these days. How is it with your soul today?
1: Mm. Oh, wow, that's a good one. I you don't I don't get asked that very often. Um, <laughs> actually, today things are things are pretty um, solid and grounded with my soul. I had a good night's sleep. Um, I just cleaned up the kitchen from several days of um, dishes that had piled up in the sink because I've just finished a revision on my memoir. And um, I'm just, just—I'm today I'm feeling grounded. There are definitely days when that is not the case. But today is todays a good day so far. Thanks oh, for asking.
0: Yay. Well, I'm glad that we caught you on the good one then. Yeah. <laughs> So this show is called The Brave Yes, which explores the many brave yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. So I love your brave yes journey. And I say journey because there's been more than one brave yes happening for you. Um, But we like to start at the beginning. Actually, we like to start before the beginning of the brave yes journey at that moment that catalyst moment for you that led to your Brave Yes journey. So um, let's start by you kind of sharing maybe a kind of a brief little uh, explanation of what your Brave Yes is or was, and then also talk about what was happening before. What was going on for you? How were you feeling? What was your life like? and, And what was really happening for you at that time?
1: Okay, so first my, my, my brave yes, um, I, it was a two-part brave yes. Um, it was first stepping into um, uh, my, my professional calling um, as a writer and editor, something um, that I had been um, searching for professional purpose for years. Um, and this, that brave yes actually led to a brave yes about my personal life. Um, It led me to um, come to terms with my sexuality and eventually leave my marriage and step into a completely new life. Now, you don't do all those things at once. Um, And had I I known um, where the path was going to um, lead me, I, I don't frankly know if I would have had the courage to take the first step. Um, but that isn't how life works, right? We 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 don't see the end. We just get the direction. We don't get the whole map. Um, and so, where I was before this, um, these yet brave yeses began to unfold was I was in my early fifties. Um, my um, I was married uh, to a lovely man. We had a we had a very nice life. I had two sons. Um, my younger son was about to go off to college, so our nest was. Um, was was just about to be empty. And um, my husband and I decided to take kind of a gap year um, to leave our, our lives that we had in Houston, where I lived at the time, and go to the Northeast, to Montauk, New York, where my, my family lived, and we also had a vacation home. And we, we called it a year of discernment. And we, um, we were trying to decide together what our next chapter would look like and when I went into that year um, what I had been struggling with frankly for decades was my my professional journey and my purpose I had been a lawyer um, and had um, not been in a it hadn't been a good fit for me Um, and um, I left the practice of law fairly early on and then stayed home and raised um, two sons and and did a lot of did a lot of meaningful work in those years um, as a volunteer, um, but I didn't, I just didn't feel like I was really stepping into my life and into my purpose. So my my intention for this year of discernment was to find that purpose, to find um, that professional path that I had um, been struggling, I'd been searching for. And I did find it. Um, I, um, I had a series of um, moments and epiphanies, And there was one day I was sitting in front of with a journal in my lap, and I wrote, What are all the things that I feel compelled to do right now, and what and what everything that came out in that journaling session related to writing and editing? And I just kind of looked at <laughs> looked at the page and started laughing. And I was like, why have I been fighting this? Um, you know, in fact, an, an inner voice and an inner voice plays a big role in my story. Said to me, and in that moment, is you're a writer and an editor. You know, stop fighting it. And I, I knew that truth in that moment. I knew it was true. I knew I could let go of all the other things, and I just said, all right, this is my stake in the ground, and. I have a fairly intense personality, and when there's something that um, I want to do, or it gets clear to me, I just kind of I go all in. And um, I, it was like it was like the universe was waiting for me to say yes to that calling. And um, I put up a website the next day. I got a call out of the blue from an acquaintance who said they needed an editor did I know anyone i was like oh wow yes the, the universe has it, it has opened its arms to me and i'd open its arms to the universe so i that was my first brave yes um and um and at the time it felt it felt kind of scary not like super scary but it did feel scary because i had been playing small um, for so many years, um, I had been kind of on the sidelines. I've been—I had had many opportunities where I could have really stepped into um, my—I—I my, I was about to say my power—and yes, that's true. That's um, where I had—I had retreated and I had kind of gone halfway. And um, some of that was doing a lot of work and not getting paid for it. And I have a huge amount of respect for people who volunteer and I spent so much time doing that. But I came to realize that there was something very vulnerable about putting myself out there and offering my services for pay because all of a sudden people would expect something more out of me. And that was scary at first. Um, But I, I stepped into it and it felt so good to start earning money and to have people valuing my time. I also at the same time was beginning to write um, a memoir. And the memoir was um, about this struggle with my with my work journey and I called it, What Do You Do? Um, and that memoir writing is what led me to the second Brave Yes. Um, and the second Brave Yes came out of some writing I had been doing um, for my memoir, and my my pen literally kept going to a different story. Um, I kept trying to bring it back to the what do you do in the professional journey, but it kept going to this other story about a very intense friendship I had with a female friend, and she was part of the whole story because she had been inner- entrenched in, in meshed, and enmeshed, enmeshed is probably a better word, in my whole life for 15 to 18 years at that point and um and i started writing more and more about her and there was one day when i wrote i wrote a passage about a a very vulnerable moment that i'd had with her and i sent that passage off to my book coach i was working with a book coach at, at the time and my book coach Sent me back feedback on those pages. And there was a comment she made, which was, that sounds exactly like someone who's falling in love. And when I saw her words on the page, it was like the scales fell from my eyes. Um, you know, any of you who are um, readers of the Bible, you know, it was my Damascus, my road to Damascus moment where, you know, literally, something I hadn't seen before, I saw now. Um, And I saw that I had been in love, I didn't just love this friend, which I knew I loved her, but I had been in love with her and then I actually still was. And that's what set, that was the catalyst that set me on a journey to discover what was true for me, what was really true, and then what was I gonna do about it? I'll take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is
0: that is a big, huge journey. What's the time span that all of this was unfolding for you?
1: Well, the um, we went off on our year of discernment um, which we actually called an adventure. My husband called it an adventure um for me it felt more like life or death but that started in the spring of 2012 um, in the spring of 2015 i no let's see um how long did it all take the um, it was it was 3 years it was the tw- it was the spring of 2015 when i wrote those words so in that, in that first three-year period, and frankly had been in that first year, the year of discernment, I had the epiphany about my, call, my professional calling. And I started writing and I started working with other writers. Um, and so it was two years later from the start of the first Brave Yes that um, I wrote the words that led me to the second Brave Yes. So that was in March of 2015, Um, I was 54 years old, I had the, you know, if you had known me then, I had the perfect looking life, I had, you know, a great husband, I had financial security, I had the house with the ocean view, I, you know, I had it all, and, um, and that was the, that was, it was terrifying, because I, had no idea what life was gonna look like on the other side. And yet there was an insistent voice inside me that kept calling me to just keep taking the next step and the next step. Um, and it was terrifying. It was, terrifying. Um, it was yeah, an, it, yes, go I ahead. I was just
0: gonna say, so you, you realized that your sexuality was changing but you didn't. I'm sure you didn't leave your marriage that moment. So, what? I, one of my favorite aspects of these interviews is getting into your headspace about what was really going on inside of you. What resources did you have to call upon through that? It was a. It was what I call a messy middle. You were, you were, yeah. you were in a, you were in the middle of a messy middle. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. what did you do to get through that to the other yeah. side?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just say one thing first. And, you know, this is, this is me, the writer who words are super, super important. What I would, I would, I would just tweak a little bit of what you said. My sexuality wasn't changing. My understanding of my sexuality was changing. Um, but it was super, super confusing, um, because I had thought of myself as, being straight and, and then it was like, whoa, but but putting that to the side. Um, yeah, what it so inside my headspace, this is what it looked like for the next 18 months for me. And it did my struggle went on for 18 months. I, you know, do I leave? Do I stay? What do I do? Can I make this work? All of those things? Um, I, um, I spent I spent a lot of time in my head, um, and um, I, I had a very, very difficult time trusting what I was hearing inside myself. Um, that was, that at the end of the day was the crux of it all. Um, I wanted somebody, <clears throat> somebody to just tell me what was true and what was the right thing to do, and then I would do it. And so I spent a lot of time early on, um, trying to get that answer from somebody other than myself. Um, you know, my, my husband who is now my ex-husband, um, you know, we, we struggled with it together. Um, I went to a therapist. Um, I had, um, the woman that I had fallen in love with was still in my life at the time. And I eventually did tell her about my feelings and um, she didn't reciprocate them, but for a period of time, we we remained very close friends. And so she, you know, I was going to her to help me figure out, you know, what I should do. Um, so I was going outside of myself, but at the same time, um, I knew. I knew the answers were inside myself. I had. I mean, I had training in um, in spiritual formation. I had a. Um, I didn't have a seminary degree, but I had. I had a lot of seminary training. Um, I was. I was steeped in um, discernment, and all. Of, I had all of the tools, but when it came to actually. Um, putting those into practice in my own life, it was very, very difficult for me to um, to rely on them and rely on myself. Um, and so, there was this constant struggle. In my, in my head, I would I would go from I must do this thing, and then I would have another moment where I'd say, "There's no way I can do this thing." And it was just this back and forth, and back and forth, and it was exhausting, and I'm sure it was exhausting to be my friend or to be my spouse or to, you know. Um, and what I came to a point <clears throat> one day. This was the we were we we were separated. We had separated, but we hadn't made a final decision about whether we were going to get divorced um, you know I think both of us were still holding on to some hope that somehow we could find our way out of this um, we had been going to a couples counselor and he said to us well, I think maybe the first meeting he said this is quite a sticky wicket and um, <laughs> that was not that was not a phrase I was familiar with. So I Googled it afterwards, of course, and, um, Google's uh, in, in Wikipedia, um, says a sticky wicket is a situation. That's just, it's a conundrum. Basically it comes from, um, the game of cricket and, you know, the pitch and all of that. I'm not a cricket, big cricket fan, but, um, but it was a sticky wicket because, um, I love, there was so much I loved about my life and I loved the man I was married to. Um, and I felt such responsibility to him, to, you know, all the people in my world, um, to my, my kids and, you know, that, that I was going to blow up their life. I felt that was how I felt at the time, um, for something that I wasn't even a hundred percent percent sure was, um, <clears throat> sorry, I wasn't even a 100% sure was true. I had never, I'd never actually even kissed a, a woman. I mean, I, this had all been happening in my head. Um, but I had one, you know, I wrestled, I wrestled, I wrestled. And I had one um, afternoon, I was sitting outside um, on a patio in this little cottage I had rented and there was a nature preserve um, behind the cottage. And this was in um, October of 2016 and there was no one else around. I mean, literally it was the the sun was rising there were deer and birds and and I just had that moment where I knew I knew that the longing I felt to explore who I really was was never going to go away, and I had to make a decision whether I was just willing to live with that unfulfilled longing for the rest of my life, or was I going to take the leap? And um, and it was probably long past the time when I should have take, taken the leap, but I just I it was so terrifying. And I finally just said, I have to do this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I have to do this. And as soon as I made that decision and, uh, you know, talked to my husband, then things happened very quickly. Um, he, you know, he was ready to move on with his life. Um, and, um, there was, there was, There was a lot, there were a lot of bumps in the road um, in um, the short time after I said yes. Um, I, you know, doubt would creep back in every time something would get hard and it was hard. I'd never, I was in my mid fifties. I had never lived by myself. I had, there had been so many things that, you know in a long-term marriage you, you You take on certain roles and responsibilities, and um all of a sudden, I had to do all those things myself, and then, you know, put on top of that, I'd never really dated and then certainly hadn't dated women and you know all of the things um, and um, I hit rock bottom um, well, what felt like rock bottom um, at one point. Um, after we'd made the decision to divorce and we were in mediation and I discovered that my seem to be ex husband was in a relationship, which was totally fine. I mean, we you know, he had started it after we we were in this process, but it was the finality of it that was so hard. And the fact that I at the time had no prospects and I just I I just I just said to myself, I have completely, I've made the biggest mistake of my life. Um, why, why did I think I could actually do this? Um, and um, I, on a particularly difficult night, um, it was actually very early in the morning because I hadn't slept all night. I reached out to a friend who I had met at a writer's conference um, a, several months earlier. And she and I had had gotten very close. She was also going through divorce for very different reasons, but we had been supporting each other through our 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 um, divorce process. And this friend, her name is Jen. she um, she answered my text at you know five thirty in the morning and picked up the phone to call me and basically said, "You know, I'm going to help you put." The pieces back together. I'm gonna help you um, you know i'm gonna help I'm gonna help you put the pieces back together. Can you get your She lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a city, a town that I had never been to. I had never thought about being I'd never thought about going to. I didn't even really know where it was. And um, she said, "Can you get yourself here? Um, can you get yourself on a train to get here? And everything, I, there's a lot more to the story, but we don't have time for all of that. I got myself on the train, I was totally depleted. I had, I was, I didn't know, I was sick, I was insomnia. I I was at rock bottom. And then these tiny miracles started happening. Um, And five weeks later, I made the decision to move to Lancaster. And that's where I am today. Um and I have I have a beautiful new life. Uh, that's that's the very short version of the story. You'll have to read my memoir yeah. to get more of the details.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Gosh, that is a that is a, quite the journey. Um, what have you learned about yourself? Now, looking back, like what, what has come of you from this experience?
1: Yeah, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about taking risks, taking leaps. Um, I came to, I came to understand, you know, not only did I come to understand my sexuality, but I came to understand um, some of the dynamics um, dynamics that were going on in my marriage that I hadn't understood before that I had, um, that I had relied much more than I realized on my husband that, um, I, you know, not just financially, but, but in lots of other ways. And that, um, I had, I had making, I had this pattern of making safe choices, um, that I hadn't really seen before. And, um, you know, I was able to keep doing that because of the um, the marriage that I was in. Um, I didn't have to take risks. I didn't have to um, try, I didn't have to do hard things if I didn't want to. And there's, there's that can be very nice and it can be very, um, you know, it, it, I, I enjoyed, um, being taken care of I didn't of course I would never have said in a million years that that was what my my relationship was like but I came to realize that that it was but I also came to see that that life didn't allow me to grow it didn't allow me to grow into the person that I was created to be to do the work that I was was born to do um, to really live the life I was, um, I was intended to live. And so that was something I came to realize. Um, I also came to realize that if I wanted, I wanted absolute certainty, I just, I, I just wanted that so badly before I took the leap. Um, and I came to realize that at least this is my belief, that you never get 100% absolute certainty. Um, If I had kept waiting for it, I would still be where I was in that marriage. Um, And probably, you know, in that good enough, happy enough life that I was frankly miserable in. Um, And so that, I've taken that with me because now, You know, of course, the journey's never over, right? I mean, you know, I had this big brave yes, and and here I am, um, four years later, really. um, You know, from my move to Lancaster, and I, every, you know, practically every day, there's some other decision I need to make, whether it's related to my personal life or my work life, not not on the scale of those brave yeses. But, um, I'm more much more comfortable making doing doing my best to listen to what's inside me and then making a decision and recognizing that um, it's okay if it doesn't all work out perfectly. um i I'm much less paralyzed by that sort of you know paralysis of analysis um, that. I now see was was kind of my mo throughout most of my life. Um, so that would be that would be a big um, that that would be a big realization. Um, I think the other thing is that uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the poet um Antonio Machado, but he wrote this Spanish poet, and he wrote, a poem that is translated and and it's the that is there is no road the road is made by walking and that has been um that's been a profound realization to me um you know i um one of the seminary professors i had when i was doing um the spiritual formation work said something about how we want, we want the whole map. You know, we want to see the whole thing, how we're gonna get there, but we don't get that. We just get the direction. And um, that, that's that been very profound for me. Um, and, you know, putting that together with the road is made by walking. You know, it is it is that step by step and listening within and then, having the courage to take the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. And that's all we really need. Um, and yeah. so that that would be. and that's a very, very different way of living than I had lived before. Um, you know, being a former lawyer, being someone who's very analytical and very logical, um, this is much. This is different. <laughs> yes,
0: well, and I think that what what that what I see when we when we say the road is um, is done is made by walking, it's it's also the waking up, right? It's the you know you you've woken up. I always say that my I feel like my job here is to help women wake up because we do not realize how comfortable we get and how easy. We just fall into those daily rhythms and habits that may in many ways oppress us from the possibilities of our lives. We just, let me stay comfortable. Let me keep it easy. Let me keep the peace. (laughs) And there's, by doing that, we're closing doors, many, many, many doors that we could be stepping onto to get to that road. I'm curious, and then and this is my last question. if you were to and then we'll go into the the five mm-hmm. uh, questions that I ask. If you were to give advice to a woman who might be, you know because you have two two lovely brave yeses um, that you talked about, well, more than that, but we'll we'll stick mm-hmm. with the two mm-hmm. if if a woman is starting to try and under her understand her sexuality or, if she's questioning her life purpose or her life direction, um, what advice do you have for her?
1: well, what what I would say is just listen, 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 and lean into what you're to what you're hearing inside yourself. Um you don't need to figure it all out in one fell swoop. Um, I've come to, you know, specifically with respect to the sexuality, but I think that there's, you know, it has, it has applications in other ways is that, you know, pay attention to your body also Um, pay attention to what your body is telling you Um, and get, get support. I mean, one thing I didn't, I didn't mention when you asked me this earlier was um, when I was when I was really in the throes of grappling with my sexuality and what to do about it. Um, I did find an amazing, um, support group of women, um, through Facebook. That was a secret group. Um, and they were, they were a lifeline because at the time when this all was happening for me, I literally didn't know another soul that was going through this. And, um, i felt very alone very very alone and um just even finding other women that were asking the same questions and grappling with the same challenges was so it it really did help me survive survive and then eventually thrive so uh, to answer your question um yeah you the answers are in it, it's this it's this really interesting dynamic. The answers are inside you, right? I mean i I totally believe that no one else can tell you what to do. No one else knows exactly what is the right thing for you um or what you're hearing or feeling inside yourself. and at the same time, you don't need to do it alone. Um, finding um Finding support, whether it's a therapist um, or you know, in and finding, I'd say many layers of support. Um, therapists are great at you know different times. Coaches like you are great at different times. Um, finding other women who um, that you can who can relate to the to the challenge that you're going through now. And to reiterate what I said, I believe at the beginning of my answer to this question is that you don't you don't need to know how it's all gonna turn out you just really need to keep listening and just leaning into that and and following those nudges and um you know I firmly believe and this is the message of my memoir is that the our inner voice leads us to ourself to our authentic and our true self and so just to listen to listen within and trust it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that, and you know, in all of these interviews, um, the the reaching out and reaching up strategy is it's the number one thing that has been said over and over, and the end the importance of listening and doing the work ourselves. And I my I have actually changed over the years with how I do my work because I started out at scale with large groups um, where you would get that connection, but you were you were really just doing the work on your own. And what I know now from my own experiences, and then of course with all these women I've worked with, is that the work is done solitary through solitary, individual, listening to yourself and relational. It has to be done together. We don't get anywhere unless we've done our work and we work with other people because we need that perspective. We need the permission.
1: I mean, exactly. a lot of it is
0: permission. Like, I need yep. somebody to just let me know this is okay that I can do this.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes, and I love what you just said. I mean, that's so true. It's it's a both and, right? And um, um, and sometimes, and I know for me, I I am an outside processor. I like to talk, um, and and that's and so to get what I'm hearing inside myself to say it out loud to someone and to um or in the case of you know where my my second bravias came when I I let what was inside me get onto the page through my writing but then someone else reflected back to me what what they were what they were picking up from what I said. So um sometimes we do need that or or Maybe not sometimes. We do need that perspective of of others to um, to mirror back what they're what they're hearing from us, because sometimes we, you know we don't we 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 can't make sense of it ourselves. Um, yeah, it's truth, but we don't know what it means um, until and, we talk to someone else. so
0: and yeah. to not feel alone
1: exactly oh my gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I
0: when I was get, I mean and every in every one of my brave yes stories and I have a lot of them too I didn't want to feel alone because <laughs> you know it's a solitary existence that we lead even though we yeah. you know we have families and and people but we want someone to walk that road that we're creating with us you know
1: absolutely it's too, it's absolutely. too scary to do it well, on our own it's part of what gives us the confidence to trust what's inside ourselves. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, and the scarier the, the yes is, um, the more we need that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your brave yeses. Um, they're, you know, you're so courageous and uh, open. So I really thank you for that. Um, I'd love to move into our sort of standard fun questions. Um, They're meant to just help us get to know you a little bit bit better and just have fun um, answering them however you wish. So the first question is, what does brave yes mean to you?
1: Well, I'm going to totally steal from Brene Brene Brown, who's one of my favorites, but the brave yes means being scared and doing it anyway.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. I love
0: that. Love that. Okay. So favorite life adventure you have already experienced and a future life adventure you would like to experience when the world starts to cooperate.
1: Mm. Yeah. And gosh, that, that, those are, those are great questions. Um, The, 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 life adventures I've already experienced, it's, it's challenging to me because I've sort of divided my life into old life and new life. And um, I've had a lot of great experiences in both of those lives. Um, but what came to my mind, and, and I guess it's a bigger, it's a, it's something it, it means something more to me, is while I've had a lot of wonderful, big, you know, splashy, expensive adventures in my life, particularly in my old life, Um, In my new life, um, the adventures that that mean the most to me are the small moments and a small moment that came to me was with my um, partner, and um, we were in, we were, we had gone to see a Broadway show and um, uh, which is something I used to do all the time and um, there were these, you know, pedicabs outside the Broadway theater and her name is Wendy. Wendy was like, I want to do that. I want to go, I want to, you know, go on one of those and go down. And I was like, no, no, that's so expensive. That's a rip off. It's a touristy thing, you know, whatever. whatever. And she's like, no, I want to do it. So we went in, we went on this little ped cab and, and like go down fifth Avenue. And I was like, it was one of those moments where I just realized like, First of all, it was really fun. It was just really, really fun. And it was extravagant. And and there was that, there was just that freedom of like, it's okay to let loose and just, and 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 do something kind of crazy like that every once in a while. So I kind of, I, I, that's become, a, I don't know, metaphor is not maybe the right word. It's become an image for me, um, an experience that I take with me. And I just say, you know, I can allow. It's allowing myself to just let loose and let go. So pedicab down Fifth Avenue.
0: Well, just to interrupt you really quickly, um, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. Um, Brene, Brene Brown turned me on to Ted Lasso, which is a show on Apple TV.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. And okay. there's a
0: great scene of two women who get into a pedicab uh, and demonstrate that totally letting loose you know, one woman is very uptight. Um, she's main character. Yeah, right? So I totally identify with her. <laughs> so I've had this dream myself of getting into this pedicab oh, and just letting so loose. Funny. So it's so funny. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, that's, so if
0: I you watch that, that series, uh, make sure you, you know, you'll get oh, to I that scene. To that. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Okay, have so have future, is, future. So well, more
1: pedicabs? No, 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 but, but well, yeah, I mean, Um, But I I think future is, um, of course, I have all kinds of pent up travel um, dreams since we haven't been able to travel. And there is that sense of I think even more than ever, um, you know, what am I waiting for? I'm about to turn 60. And it's like, you know, what am I going to wait, you know, until I'm 70 or 80. And you know, let's, let's just do the thing. Um, So there. So once I can, I've got a long list of Places I'd like to travel to: Portugal, Croatia, Greece are are among them. But the the other thing that came to my mind um, when I was thinking about this question was, um, it is in some ways it is pedicab ish, which is that um, I I the next adventure I'd like to do is I'd like to give myself permission to. take the month of February off and it's going to be next year 2021 2022 because we're already into February now and rent a house by the sea and write and rest and um open that house up to um, other women that want to do the same thing and that feels really scary and it feels um I mean it does feel like a brave yes um there's that financial, you know, commitment, there's that, well, what if nobody wants, it's, you know, you have the party and nobody wants to come kind of thing. But, um, so that's, that's, a that, that came to me. And, and, you know, there's part of me that feels very extravagant um, on many levels. And I'm going to just kind of try to keep that pedicab moment and that, that I, that's okay for me to, to give, to allow myself to do. Um, and, um, so yeah, so rent a house by the sea in February and invite other women to come and write and rest in write community. Rest. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Wonderful. Maybe I'll be there.
1: <gasps> that would be fun. Yes, that would be it would. Fun.
0: Okay. Perfect. So, I know as a writer and a book coach, you must have a good answer. Uh, a recent book that you've read that has inspired you or just that you loved.
1: Well, I'm going to say um Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which I'm guessing um many of your listeners have read, but if they haven't. Um um I would I would recommend it. Um it is um well it, it's it's beautifully written and you know for from, from a book coach point of view, of course, I'm looking also not only the message, but the craft and, and um, she has a lot to teach writers and memoir writers um, about um, structure and, and, and creative ways to, to tell a story. But her message is very powerful and um, about, you know, about how we've we as women have tamed ourselves, and society has tamed us. And um, I, and and then how we can find the keys to break ourselves uh, free from that. And um, I, there was there was a lot I connected with um, in that book, and and my story, and things I hadn't seen before. Um, so that that's the book that came to mind. Um, immediately when when you ask that question
0: absolutely perfect perfect book especially with your story perfect <laughs>
1: yeah 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 there's some overlap there. yeah there's yeah. some overlap yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so
0: great so final question who is someone you admire for their courage and authenticity and why
1: Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and I'm, but I'll try to be brief. I'm going to do it. It's going to be a two-parter. Um, the first one is, is Glennon Doyle. Um, and, and what I, what I admire about her is that she had, she, her second book was about to come out, Love Warrior, which was the story of how she and her husband, um, put their marriage back together, and. Um, she um a week before her book was launched she went public with um not yet with her relationship with Abby Wambach but she went public with her um her separation from her husband which was not the ending of the book and i i i she she basically chose authenticity over um profit over her, you know, reputation, her the whole persona that she had built up, and that that was a very very courageous moment. Um, so there's there's Glennon Doyle who people have heard of. The other person though that came to my mind um, who people haven't heard many, most people haven't heard of yet, but hopefully they will someday is my friend Jennifer Diaz, and she's the friend that I reached out to. Um, when I was at my lowest point and um, um, and and helped bring me back to life. And Jen is one of well, in addition to being the best friend I've ever had, she is she is she's very courageous. Um, she left a marriage um, um, under diff- very difficult circumstances. Um, she has built a new life for herself um, she has four children a full-time job and and still she finds time to sit with women and encourage them um, and help them move from um, merely enduring their lives to soaring in their lives and so um, she's really a model um, for for me in terms of um, courage and authenticity and um, I can't wait she's working on a book right now and I'm coaching her in that process and I cannot wait for the world to get to know more about Jen
0: beautiful sounds like a wonderful story I can't wait to read it wonderful thank you so much Suzette thank you for sharing your time and your story here today
1: Thanks for having me. It was, um, I, it's a joy to to get to share it, and um, I, I'm glad that we were able to do that today.
0: Wonderful. And where can people go to find out more about you, your book coaching?
1: Um, my website is yourstoryfinder.com, and um, I've got, you know, more on there about my story and the kind of work that I. Um, how I work with writers. Um, I work exclusively with women who are writing nonfiction and who are ready to get the story that's burning inside them out into the world. So um, I'd love to to chat with anyone who's interested. And um, yeah, they can find that more at yourstoryfinder.com.
0: Great. And we'll put the link in the show notes and in the blog post and every woman has a story so everybody everybody should be thinking about what that story is going to be